Hey everyone, welcome back to the Walden Creek Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and September is National Preparedness Month. So you're going to see a lot of um, your Instagram prepping accounts and homesteader accounts go over, you know, basics that you would want to be prepping on. Well, I want to kick off this podcast this month with tips and tricks that we don't really talk about a lot but that could really apply to a lot of people, especially if you live in an area like me where natural disasters are fairly common, at least yearly, you know, once a year you get some really bad storm of some sort. So these are the tips and tricks I would suggest to you. And it's not that you have to do all of them, they may not all apply to you, but at least get your mind kind of going in that direction because then that could trigger another thought of something else you need that I haven't mentioned. So I'm gonna do five or six of these because they kind of run into each other. So hopefully I can I can get through it without confusing you or myself. So number one, um, when I talk about homesteading on Instagram, I talk about starting with a notebook to kind of get a good basics of lists that you need and, and all of that. Well, I want you to have a notebook for preparedness too. If you have a bug out bag, this is a great place to keep this notebook. And it's not hard to find lists of things you should keep in your bug out bag. So first aid kit or inhalers, glasses, whatever that might be. But this notebook would be something that would stay in that bug out bag. And you can use it to have a checklist of all the things you need or need to replace. If things have expiration dates and so forth. But also in this notebook, I want you to keep some other things. And those are going to be the next few tips. So the first tip is have that notebook. The second tip is, do you know where your local shelters are? So if it is a natural disaster and you have to get to a shelter, do you know where they are and do you know how to get there? I would make a list. I would look up your local shelters and make a list of the ones of a few of them that are close to you and some of the ones that are maybe not so close to you because if it is a natural disaster, there is a chance the shelters could be affected by the disaster as well. So write a couple that are close, a couple that are a little further away. Make sure you write down their address and directions on how to get there. If we get to the point where we need a bug out bag, you probably don't have internet and your phone is probably gonna be bogged down too because everyone else is Googling stuff and trying to call their loved ones. So we're going to kind of treat this as if internet is spotty at best. So write down directions on how to get there if you don't know. And also in my area, I write down directions um, on how to get somewhere, but I write down a couple different versions because we get flooding really bad here. We have bridges that get closed down. Pretty much you take a bridge to get everywhere. So I have directions uh, that will take me two or three different routes to get to the one place. It is a little time consuming, but in the long run, I'm gonna be really happy that I did it because I'm not great with directions. And if you give me a map, I'm not any better. I really, you just need to tell me to take the third stoplight and the left at Target. And that's, that's how my brain works. So write them down how your brain works. But having a list of those and the directions on how to get there could be crucial. I used to be an insurance agent and when Hurricane Matthew came through over the weekend, I tried to get to work to help them. And I tried like 11 or 12 different ways to get there. And the flooding was so bad in our area that the roads were closed or you could clearly see cars were underwater and I just could not get there. It was the craziest thing. I'm like calling my boss, trying to figure out if there's another route that I can take. And at the end of the day, I never made it to work. I mean, one day they really needed me and I couldn't get there because of flooding. I I didn't get very far from the house at all, to be honest. So just think of things like that. If you are in that kind of environment, you know, would it be possible that this road would get shut down? Well, let's write a different 
direction uh, to get there, you know, avoiding that road and so forth. The third tip would be having a friend or family member's address that maybe don't live in your area. Maybe they live a little further out. If that's someone that you would go to and say, hey, you know, I've got a cousin out here. Something ever happened. I think I'd probably just go to her house. Well, do you have her address? Do you have directions on how to get to her house? So writing that in that notebook too, that that friend that you would rely on or family member, knowing how to get there and maybe again, a couple different routes would be really crucial because again, we're going to assume that the internet's down and you don't have a way to get there. I know a lot of you are going to come and say, well, I've got GPS in my car. Great. What if your car is flooded? What if your car got caught up in that natural disaster and you are at the mercy of your neighbor's car or whatever? We can't always assume that we're going to be able to rely on those electronics to get there. And if satellites are down, fairly certain so is GPS. So let's just say we got to prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Uh, The next tip would be um, in that notebook, carrying a copy of your homeowner's policy, even possibly auto policy, but really for this particular um, conversation, I would say homeowner's policy and pictures of your home exterior and interior. Now your homeowner's company should already be telling you to do this, but if something were to happen, your house was flooded or God forbid it was just local to your home and you had a fire or something like that, is going to be really difficult to remember every single item you have in your house. I mean, a lot of us, we have a cabinets full of stuff and garage full of stuff and attic full of stuff. And so you think, oh, I'll, you know, I can just go through the living room and tell you everything. Well, it's not just limited to the living room. It's your whole entire house. And it helps you and the adjuster come up with a plan much faster and much easier. So having pictures of your home and things that are in your closet, things that are in your drawers, in your cabinets, garage, attic, basement, whatever it is, even your shed, right? So assuming that's covered under your homeowner's policy, it's gonna vary, but make sure you have copies of everything because you just wanna be extra prepared. This also helps ensure that you get everything replaced because if you forget about things, they're not gonna get replaced. There's not like a blanket of forgotten items that the insurance is gonna cover. They're gonna cover it individually and they make you write it pretty specifically to each room and so forth usually. So you wanna just make sure you have pictures that way you and your adjuster can just go through there and start listing things down and your adjuster can help you. And again, you get every single item covered that you possibly can. The next tip is Um, having a preparedness buddy. Do you have someone, like maybe that friend or family member that lives a little further away, that you would trust to also keep a copy of your insurance policy and the pictures on hand if you needed them? So let's say you couldn't get home to your bug out bag and your house caught a fire, you were at work or something. And that's an awful scenario to think about, but it's possible, everything's possible, right? So we have to think about stuff like that. Is there someone that can keep information like that for you? Now, your insurance agent, sure, can send you a copy of your insurance policy if you need it. That's great. But it's also nice to know ahead of time what you're covered for and how much and what your deductibles are. Really know your policies, people. Really know them. Because you don't want to be caught with a high deductible because you were trying to save some money. I know a lot of us out there can 
probably relate or know of someone who did this on their car insurance maybe, and it really kind of bit them in the butt when it came down to it. Your homeowner's policy is no different. It does have a deductible on it generally, and you need to make sure that that deductible is something you can cover, especially in hard times like now, and that you have everything you need on that policy. So if you have that friend that can have that information, you really don't need to give them anything crucial like your social or or whatever you can just give them the policy number I mean it doesn't matter but having those pictures on hand with them would be really helpful too and you can do the same in return for them you can keep their information on hand and if they need it you've got it you know do they have your address in case they need to come hang out with you for a little bit Um, also with friends and family and writing down addresses and stuff This is one that um, I want to throw out there. It's a little random, but I still want to touch base on it. If there was a natural disaster, do you and your family members or your household members, whatever, whoever is part of your pact, do you guys have a meetup location if you can't get back home? Do your kids know? Do your spouse know? Do they know where to go if getting home is not an option because of a flood, because the streets have been closed down? whatever, uh, hurricane, (laughs) hurricanes possible. I was going to say earthquake, but it came out a mixture of those two words. So an earthquake, whatever the case could be, do you guys have a second, maybe even a third or fourth meetup location just as a backup? Do you also know how to get there? Do they have addresses to these places? So you could keep the address in your phone. I mean, your phone probably will work as long as it's charged. You just may not be able to use the internet. So maybe on your notes section, making your kids kind of fill in some addresses and say, hey, if you can't get home and you can't get a hold of me and you know I couldn't get home either, this is where we're going to go to meet up. So just throwing that out there. That's, again, kind of part of it, but it's also helpful to know that you need to have a backup place and maybe even a backup for your backup. Now, the last tip is to make sure that every six months, at the very least every year, you update all of this information. You update this notebook. So you make sure the shelters that um, you listed are still shelters and that they haven't changed. You make sure that uh, if that cousin that lives an hour away is the person you're going to go stay with, that they haven't bought a new house and moved. That home renovations, if you upgraded the bathroom or you got a new washer and dryer, you got um, a piece of Van Gogh art, whatever the case may be, making sure that that has been updated in your pictures And, um, you know, just that all of this stuff, you stay on top of it. I mean, your homeowner's policy generally renews every year. So if you're going to keep a copy of that, make sure you update that too. And just that you're keeping track of this and staying on top of it, because the last thing you would want to do is have outdated photos. I mean, again, something's going to be better than nothing, but staying on top of it, the whole point of this is so that you're prepared. So it wouldn't be fair for me not to remind you that you have to stay on top of it. And when you go to renew the policy or, or upgrade your photos or whatever it is, and, and let's say you do have that preparedness buddy, you can remind them and say, hey, I'm about to send you new pictures of the house. Can you, um, you know, make sure you do yours so that you can send them to me. Now, of course, you can store photos on the cloud on your computer. But again, there are a couple different reasons why that might not always work. We may not always have internet. Your computer could have gotten caught in that disaster, whatever type of disaster that may be, and so forth and so on. So having a hard copy is always going to be, in my opinion, the preferred method. 
I will say I used to keep stuff like this in a safety deposit box, but I was pretty limited to the banks. Um, I was, it was like their discretion, you know, if there's a natural disaster or flooding, A, were they gonna even open? B, could they open had their bank been a part of that disaster, got caught up in it? And number three, banker's hours. Even if they are open, I am at their mercy of eight to five or nine to five, whatever it is, Monday through Friday and so forth and so on. So I decided that that was a little too limiting for me because I may need to get out of town and then I'm leaving all that stuff behind basically. So having that information and a copy of all the stuff in your bug out bag and again, a backup copy somewhere else for those pictures and stuff, it's just something to think about. Again, this may not apply to everyone, but if some of this does apply to you, then I hope it helps and I hope it also triggers other things to think of that Oh, you think, okay, well, she said this. I also need to give a copy of this policy too. Whatever works for you, throw it in there, keep it in that notebook and make sure you keep updating it. And if you have anything to add on to this podcast, feel free to let me know. Just reach out or any other tips or tricks that you think would go along with it. I'm happy to hear them and I'm happy to throw out a new podcast, you know, part B. Just let me know. Until then, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you on the next podcast.